of the same old radio sound, <sighs> then you need Vibrant Radio. Spice up your life. Spice FM, 98.8 FM. <laughs>
everybody. Welcome to Mentally Sound right here on Spice FM, 98.8 FM. That was the rather beautiful <laughs> and unbelievably talented uh, Guns N' Roses, which I was so excited to find that that was on the database because it was not when we were last here, or if it was, it was hiding. Um, but maybe it's 2018. Uh, and it just goes to show... Uh, it was actually me that put it in for you. Yeah, yeah. My, <laughs> my New Year <laughs> gift to you, yeah. 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 Ricky's late Christmas present was to give me Guns N' Roses <laughs> on the database for the radio station. But um, yeah, I was just what I was going to joke about as well is it just go, it just goes to show the good music is now <laughs> it can still be good no matter how old it is because yeah. I mean I have no idea that must have been what 80s or something um, so I'm like yeah I, late, you know, late 80s I think that I was. think we play more old music on this show <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> than any other than any other type really yeah. but anyway um, I think as you as Ricky was just preempting obviously that was Ricky you just heard my uh, delightful co-host and uh, I think the first obvious thing to say is Happy New Year, yeah, Happy New Year um, you know I don't know whether or not you agree with this because I saw this kind of clip of video where I goes I People, th- there was a guy arguing that you should only be able to say Happy New Year in the first week of the year, and then it's. But I'm, I don't, I'm not too sure because it's the first time I've seen you in person. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's allowed. Anyway, I don't need that. I don't, <laughs> e- I don't need that pen. <laughs> <laughs> That's how excited I am. I just like let's get rid of the pens. And, That's your uh, resolution, isn't it? Yeah. No just, pen, I just took no the pen, pen like halfway across the studio, and I didn't mean yeah. to. Honestly, being sued. Let's <laughs> 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 hit somebody. Um, but no, anyway. So yeah, Happy New Year. So we say um, disclaimer, like we always do in the show, because it's a mental health show. Um, so if anyone's listening to this, we obviously are going to talk about taboo subjects, which is relevant because we've got a guest waiting for us who's going to talk about something very important mm-hmm. for this month in particular. Um, but yeah, so there's a disclaimer is, is we talk about essentially taboo, potentially, you know, difficult subject matters. Um, and that's the reason we do the show in the first place. You know, I have bipolar disorder, Ricky has PTSD, but that doesn't define us, obviously, but I'm just saying... I think that gives us leeway to say that, you know, it, it's an open forum and we don't judge and it's an opportunity to, you know, talk about things a little bit more, you know, you know, openly and frankly and like, for example, like the, the autism, which is heavily discussed in the last show. Mm-hmm. Really nice to just get a parent who had an autistic child to actually explain the condition, yeah. you know, because I think that's part of the problem is that, you know, when you just see snippets of things in mainstream media is mm-hmm. that you kind of get this uh, assumption because as someone who's got bipolar disorder, I completely, mm-hmm. um, I, that, that that happens with bipolar disorder as people go, I think I know what that is because isn't that what's mentioned in serial killer documentaries? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's what makes them kill. I'm like, yeah. no, no, it's not. Yeah. Um, you know, so... Let me explain what it is, and you know, let me explain what happens. So, so yeah, so that's a disclaimer. Um, obviously, you know, uh, just to be frank up front, is that we talk about pretty much everything. Um, and it's not just a depressed fest. We talk about funny stuff too, and we joke about and all that kind of thing. But before we get our guest in, who's politely waiting, um, I just wanted to ask Ricky. So, how was your Christmas period? Just briefly, um, do you have a good time? It was quiet, but all right. I mean, I as as I've said to you before on the station, I have two gorgeous nephews, and I just I just did it for them really, seeing them you know open presents. It sounded like you were Santa. Santa. Like, I just did it for them. Yeah. All the other kids are I just... Strapped <laughs> on my be- I strapped on my beard. Yeah. <laughs> but it was all right, yeah. It, it, it was quite good. Um, I know we discussed it in the last show, didn't we, and how, mm. how scroogey we can get. Um, <laughs> I know you were in particular. I was in the past, but I've tried to see it from a different light this time. <laughs> so maybe, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to admit something, because you know, this is what I'm like on radio shows, is... Um, I and I seem to have embraced Christmas after Christmas, which is really the typical of my personality. Is I was at um, 
I was just kind of walking around uh, the town that I live in, and I was like, I wanted to get some new bed sheets. That's just just like people do. And I saw a bunch of like a bunch of like Christmassy style bed sheets on sale, <laughs> and I just went crazy. <laughs> I just went. It's got like reindeers on, and like you know. And uh, there was another thing where they were like husky dogs, and they yeah. were like. Um, uh, isn't that just like the? I, I just thought it was the cutest thing ever. Right. So I just and I just I was like literally like you know telling people about it. I was and I'm going, why am I got the Christmas spirit and it's like the 29th of December? I'm like that doesn't make any sense. Right. Um, but I went, it's still it's still it's still the Christmas holidays. So it was still your highlight. I felt I felt, I, I, felt I was okay to do it, but like I, I don't know. Yeah, for some reason I just suddenly am like now I'm like all you know getting into bed and going, look at them nice husky dogs with all these presents wrapped around. Them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going and as you were saying, the last year I was going. Can't wait till Christmas over. Can't wait yeah. for it. Can't wait for it. Please let it end. Please yeah. let it end. Um, but no. So there you go. I, I did. I, I I got over my my spookiness. But there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. So me and Ricky are going to talk about a lot more stuff, obviously, and we'll talk about mentally sound, I guess, for 2018 because we've got a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, and obviously, me and Ricky have got things to talk about. But I'll not keep our guest waiting because I know she's got to go um, uh, soon, obviously. So um, please welcome to the show, Mrs. Susan Taylor. Hello. Hi. Um, pleasure to have you on. Pleasure to um, be here. And as I said, you know, as a as a as a prerequisite to you coming on, is that obviously you're here to talk about something pretty relevant for January, um, because obviously it's um, what's it called? called dry, January. dry January. Yeah, technically yeah. called that. Yeah, um, which obviously for those that don't know, um, it's kind of become a like. Actually, I think that that, that seems the most obvious question because I don't know the answer to this. Like, is dry January a new thing? Like, when did that? That start? was actually one of my questions. Yeah. yeah. How yeah. long has it been yeah. going? Yeah. Well, I, I think I mean we've been aware of dry January now for maybe mm-hmm. six or seven years, but I think you know more and more people are taking part in this month of alcohol. Yes. And actually, I think after Christmas as well, it's just a great way to start the new year try and take a bit of a break from things and, and try and reevaluate actually what you enjoy doing. Is it the most popular um, resolution that people take in terms of it's one a really good question actually. Yeah. I think I mean we've seen data health wise I'm Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I think probably you would be right. We can't prove it, but I mm. think you know certainly the data that I've seen suggests that you know several thousand people across the northeast are mm. taking part in dry January mm-hmm. and probably loads more are doing some form of dry January so cutting back yeah. a little bit on what they're drinking. Um, and as I say, I think people really benefit from that. And, you mm. know, a lot of people say that they sleep better, they feel better for it, mm. you know, work becomes easier. Um, getting out of bed, <coughs> you know, simply enough becomes easier. So mm-hmm. for me, it's a, it's a really easy way of actually starting the new year with a bit of a bang. And I guess the social media as well, it, it becomes a popular hashtag, which sort of like, you know, yeah. puts out the message a lot more. Absolutely. Popular. And I think, I mean, we've used social media to promote it for probably mm. again three or four years now. So mm-hmm. it, it is mm-hmm. becoming more and more popular. And I think. You know, I was getting my hair cut the other day and actually my hairdresser was saying, you know, it's something that I'm doing, I'm really enjoying it. Um, mm. And actually, I, I would just encourage people, give it a try. You know, it doesn't have to mm. be for the whole month, but mm. even if you can take maybe three or four mm. days off a week, then yeah. there are real benefits for you. So in order for the, obviously, for the audience, I guess, to sort of understand the context of why I said that you're here to talk about that, I mean, obviously, what are you involved in, in order, you know, in relation to Dry January? Like, what's your work I guess is basically in a nutshell well I work for an organisation called Balance Mm -hmm. and we're employed by the NHS um, so we Mm -hmm. do a lot of work with health services but really what we try and help people to do in the North East and we have a a kind of North East remit from Northumberland down to Redcar um, is try and still enjoy drinking if they want to but try and drink more safely, try not to suffer from you know a lot of the the kind of issues I think that can be 
become quite bad with drinking. So, you know, you mentioned mental health issues. There's obviously a big association with alcohol. Yep. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and just trying to encourage people to drink more safely, more sociably, um, and to have a good time, but, mm -hmm. you know, not take it too far, I guess. Mm -hmm. is, it, is it true? Because uh, I, 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 this is something I'll talk about later in the show, but unfortunately my mum fell over and broke a finger. So we were in hospital a couple of days ago. Just in, She's fine. She's got to wear a splint thing. But... Um, while I was waiting for her, she was getting some x-rays done, I looked at a poster, and I've always thought this, but like, I'm not a heavy drinker, who kind of, me and Katie, who um, part of our new team is, we were joking about this before the show, just saying like, you know, I, I, if I got like a 40 can of something, that would last me like three or four months, like I don't drink that much at all, but I was reading the poster, and it was saying about units of alcohol, mm. and I think this is interesting to talk about on air, because like, I think people kind of like, have this sort of... I've had discussions with friends in particular about this as well, or like people just you know you in casual conversation, but they think they know what units are, units yeah. are, mm -hmm. and then you read posters like I was reading and going that's fascinating because I don't think that's what people think it is. Yeah. So is it right to think? Because I I'm gonna should give you the example and then you know correct me if I'm wrong, but the poster had something on the lines of it was like a week, uh, like a, a week long of drinking alcohol. And it was basically like, so here's an example of what, and I think it said 14 units, is that right? Yeah. Uh, like, is, yeah. is, the, is the recommended amount. And um, and it was like, it basically, it had pictures of what the alcohol was that this random per example was taking. I think it was three, three glasses of wine and three pints of something. And I think that's something that yeah. roughly makes 14 units or it, something. It would um, probably be marginally more, but you're just about okay. right. And I think it's interesting because the guidance changed, I think it was probably last January or maybe the January before. All oh, right, okay. Um, so previously, men and women used to be able to drink different limits, but actually now the current guidance is 14 units per week. And, you know, for a man, that would be less than kind of five pints of premium lager. Um, it mm -hmm. would be probably equates to about a bottle and a half of wine. So I think... You know, for me, when I'm going out with friends and stuff and say, oh, you know, let's order a bottle of wine, then you can very, very quickly use up your units. And I think, you know, that's one thing certainly that we need to get out more is those kind of messages around safe drinking because I don't think mm. that they feel particularly credible for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in the Northeast, we've got a real culture of kind of drinking on a Friday and Saturday night, the kind of traditional binge drinking. And again, it's really easy to try and exceed those limits. So yeah. for me, it, it's trying to make people understand and realise that there can be quite serious health harms as well yeah. but try and also get a realistic balanced message across hmm. you mentioned the North East um, is there, are there some are there certain factors which make our region have a, a specific problem with drinking heavily and alcoholism that kind of thing yeah I mean the North East we suffer from a lot of the worst issues actually if hmm. you compare us to kind hmm. of other areas nationally hmm. Um, so we have the highest rates of alcohol-related mm. hospital admissions. We have some of the highest rates of alcohol-related deaths. So it clearly mm. is an issue in this region, I think, in particular. As for the factors, it's really difficult to explain. And I think, mm. you know, one of the issues perhaps that we struggle with in the northeast, we have high levels of deprivation, I think, within yeah. other areas. And actually, there is a link between kind of health harms and deprivation. So whether or not that's yeah. through alcohol, through tobacco, through obesity. Mm. Um, and that's maybe one of the reasons. But it, it's difficult to say. You know, some people say it's the old kind of industrial mm -hmm. heritage of the Northeast. Mm. Um, but I think there's probably a combination of factors. So do you get frustrated then? Because I remember as a kid, like in the 80s and so on, the way that smoking used to be advertised. And once mm. the once the health hazards were pointed out, how dangerous it was, it, we went a long way to curb a lot of that. Yeah, with drinking, it still seems to be out there and, and sort of celebrated. 
do you and your field and colleagues get frustrated with that, that not, not enough being done about yeah, it? Yeah, and I think, you know, you look at the government response to it, and actually mm. you've got a government that it won't deal with the tobacco industry, but actually yeah. the alcohol industry, you know, it's kind of pervasive across the government, and yeah. I think... You know, you look at the amount of alcohol advertising, mm-hmm. you look at how available alcohol is mm-hmm. in shops, you know, 24-7, it's mm. at the end of every kind of aisle. So for us, that's a real frustration. Mm. And, you know, for example, I've got two little girls that don't really know what tobacco is or cigarettes are, yeah. but actually immediately they'll know what alcohol is. Yeah. And I think that's really indicative of society, actually. Yeah. <laughs> it is always interesting, isn't it? As a, it's, that's a really good comparison. Because I remember, like, you know, like the, they said this about, you know, because we, we've talked about this, me and Ricky, that... Um, you know, tobacco used to be a major sponsor of like snooker, for example, yeah. and then it got like very hard hit. Formula One, yeah. Yeah, 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 Benson yeah, and Hedges, yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, yeah. you used to, um, you know, other other cigarette companies are available, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm sure it's okay to say that. But uh, but yeah, so you know, because that's a fact. Um, but but yeah, so I, I'm just sort of making the point of it's funny, isn't it? That which is kind of just reiterating what you just said is that I've always noticed that that like. Alcohol, you know, it's kind of like, um, I even think probably even a, a better comparison would be like cannabis or something, yeah. is that there's so much evidence to indicate, you know, not to make things controversial by saying this, I'm just saying if you read a lot of the evidence, it has le- a lot less of a harm than alcohol does, yeah. yet cannabis gets like completely, you know, I'm not a cannabis smoker, and obviously it's illegal in this country, but I'm just saying, you know, relatively speaking, if you looked at evidence of what things do, yeah. and I just find it interesting that like alcohol... Because I think, to me, it seems like a society thing of, like, it's an yeah. acceptance of, like, that's what we do. And, you know, there's yeah. got to be some vices that we've got to be okay with. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it just has a lot less, like, alcohol gets a pass, sort of. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's interesting because, actually, you know, alcohol is basically a legal drug. And <laughs> I really enjoy drinking alcohol. Yeah. So, you know, we're not prohibitionists. But I think yeah. at the same time, you know, if somebody had discovered this product now, then actually it wouldn't be legal, you wouldn't think, because there are so many health harms that are associated yeah. with it. Yeah, yeah. So many kind of societal harms as well, you know, domestic violence, kind of child <laughs> safeguarding. There's always one that slips through the net, yeah, that's kind yeah, of, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, as I say, you know, we're not saying don't drink by any stretch of the imagination, mm-hmm. but it's maybe just thinking about some of the, uh, the negative side of things. But it's well. like, isn't it, it's a sort of thing where... Um, the, the the narrative and the counter argument is well let's say oh, too much of everything anything can mm. be can be harmful but yeah. I think drink alcohol has a specific genre of its own doesn't it which it meant does. too much of that can be actually more harmful than most other things yeah and I think it's interesting because a lot of the evidence that's coming mm. out nowadays is showing that even from the first drink there is an increased association yeah. with things yeah. like breast cancer for example yeah. so I think you know again without being alarmist about yeah. it it's just raising awareness of yeah. that and you know, I think in our society, most people do have a really mm. positive perception around alcohol. And, mm. You know, again, myself probably being one of those to a certain mm. extent. But I think through my job, I've learned yeah. some of the real dangers as well. And mm. actually, I think it's getting some of those messages across is important. So you pinpointed the factors before, uh, just just before there, things like domestic violence. I mean, mm. what what are the impacts? Can if if you have a typical household where drinking was part of the culture. Um, what are the other sort of devastating impacts can 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 that have? You know, particularly mm. to, to kids who are essentially brought with that, don't they? That yeah, I mean, we're seeing it's probably around. I think a third of child um, safeguarding cases involve alcohol, alcohol and right. okay. you know, I think often there is a combination of drug, mm. drug taken as well. But you know, for me, it, it's really difficult because I think 
you know, you're kind of taking it to an extreme level, but actually mm. in these kind of households, children are growing up, you know, kind of food can be short sometimes. Yeah. It's difficult for them to, to kind of really embed themselves in, in school and be happy, mm. you know, getting friends back home mm. and things like that. So it can have some really tough impact, I think, mm. on kids. Mm. Um, and again, I, thi- I think we're probably less aware of some of the impacts. You know, if you're smoking, often nowadays people smoke outside, mm. but actually a lot of us will drink in front of our children. Yeah. And again, that is having some kind of impact, I think. Do you also think as well, because I think I fell into the trap of doing this, because obviously we do a mental health show, mm. and I find myself thinking, you know, because that's what I think sort of damaging about having something like alcohol being so readily available, like you were saying, is that if someone is having a particularly hard time, mm. It seems to be that this sort of stereotype of, or not necessarily a stereotype, but just this sort of go-to response of, mm-hmm. the you know, I'm sure we've all, I'm, I'm being like sort of honest from my own experience, but I imagine people listening mm-hmm. to this will know what I mean when I say, if you particularly have a mental health problem and you're really struggling, is that even someone like me who's never really been a really big drinker, mm-hmm. is that you do find yourself going, well, it's gonna, it's taken me forever to get a drug that that actually yeah. helps me. Mm-hmm. So this drug is readily available and I know that it makes me feel better, but you know that it won't eventually. Mm. And I think that's why people end up sort of addicted to things that they shouldn't be because it's like, you know, it's the thing of the... the present that they go for. Yes, it's the short-term, it's the short-term feeling better problem is that because you you feel so overwhelmed and want to feel better that you just were willing to try anything and so you go to... You know, because I think my, you know, not to be too personal, but I think that's ultimately like my dad's generation because like my dad was very much like that, that like if he was not happy with stuff at work or mm-hmm. whatever yeah. it is his solution was I'm going out like I'm going out yeah. drinking yeah. Um, it seems to be the solution yeah. to like <laughs> where I think a lot yeah. of people can relate to that yeah, yeah. even now if you know if I have a tough day at work and again yeah. kind of knowing all that I know you will come home and think oh I could really you know fancy a drink and I think it culturally it's so acceptable but actually it is quite difficult getting these kind of moderate messages across and actually something mm-hmm. like dry January I think gives you a real opportunity yeah. to just almost try and see actually what life's like without having alcohol every day or you mm-hmm. know every kind of weekend mm-hmm. or whatever it might be and yeah. you know see if there are other things that you can do to de-stress and make yourself feel better and you know actually it's a really positive campaign I mm-hmm. think in that way to bring my own perspective in this um, and me being brutally honest as well I've been I've been teetotal now for five, five years because it's been about five six years since my own breakdown and I've seen other people who've had mental health issues where they've actually gone to alcohol straight away Mm. and they they get caught in that cycle where it becomes a crutch and I think that I've been sort of acutely aware that I I, I don't want to go down even though it's been quite tempting but I don't want to go down that path because I'll end up being in a worse state I know I'll be because I've seen it happen to other people and yeah you just get caught in that cycle and I just think it's not yeah smoking was yeah. smoking was my vice yeah. that's why I was yeah. so pleased when they made smoking harder because <laughs> I'm just like oh. <laughs> I I, I'm miss, so crazy I, I, I actually miss I don't miss drinking in itself it's actually the social aspect that goes yeah. around drinking yeah. Yeah. with friends so if I go to gigs you know I love music um, I've got to depend on like energy drinks or something like that, which is yeah. not that's probably, such not, a a great, probably that not a great advertisement for anything. Ricky, that's such a, that's such a fantastic point, yeah, because I, I I think that's that's I don't know whether you agree with yeah, this, but I think that's the problem is that I think it's not necessarily the whole idea because you know alcohol. Like I I think that that we we need to say just briefly that the opposite of the thing is is that you were saying like you were saying. I don't think there's anything wrong with having alcohol regularly in your life. Mm-hmm. Like, and if you know what you're doing with it, then it can be a good thing, you know, and it can be a good de-stress thing and all this mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I think the problem is it's sort of uh, being it advertised now that alcohol equates to having a good time. Yeah. Yeah. 
So you can't have a good time without having alcohol. I think that's what you I've know? got yeah, in yeah. my head. So, so yeah. alcohol with happiness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, if yeah. I'm not happy, therefore yeah. I, I can't. Like, how many, how many times do you yeah. think, do people think, if I'm going to a gig, mm-hmm. alcohol's included in that? Yeah. It's not yeah. going to the gig to see the band. Yeah. It's like, it, like, so... Well, it's like a night out, isn't yeah. it? Like, thing, alcohol's become part of the equation, yeah. Yeah, which yeah. I find fascinating. Whereas, you know as people who listen to this and follow any of my stuff I'm a huge nerd so I just like sit and play games (laughs) my my thing is play games and so a lot of the things that I do does not need alcohol to make it any more um, any more fun Um, and even when I do go out like you know I'm very much just kind of like I a social drinker like I have no interest in uh, I have no interest in alcohol unless as you've seen like people are around like that's to me it adds like it should just add to it. It shouldn't be the sole reason you go. Like I think that's when you're aware you've got a problem. Um, I'm I'm intrigued about dry January then because I don't know if you have the evidence for this. Mm-hmm. This is just the final question I wanted to ask you because I was thinking about this because I knew you were coming on and I was going like if people try dry January because I know I've got a friend right now who's doing it mm-hmm. and I'm going do, do you have, is there any evidence that people do that and then realise that they don't need alcohol anymore? Yes. Yeah, like so we've done or alcohol concern, run the National Dry January campaign. Yeah. And when they've evaluated it, they've done follow-up evaluation with people six months afterwards. Yeah. And I think it's probably around 50% of the people who take part in Dry January cut down the drinking longer term. That's and really think, good, then. Yeah, they yeah. report really good benefits. And again, it's this whole thing about, you know, your point about being sociable. Actually, if I go out with friends, again, everything revolves around alcohol. And yeah. Having a month where you can turn around and say, well, no, actually, you know, I'm doing dry January. I'm not going to drink tonight or whatever. Mm. And not kind of feel that you have to justify it or end up drinking anyway. Mm. Um, And I think it gives people the confidence to kind of look for alternatives and, and, you know, go out and enjoy a night without drinking. I probably think some people as well probably go, why not? I probably have that sort of attitude of going, like, I'm sure there'll be people who just don't necessarily have, like, a a huge issue with alcohol and go, I'm saving money on alcohol for a month and then go, actually. Um, You know, because that was ultimately how I ended up Mm. smoking. As I, I, I managed to convince myself that I went, look at how much money I'm saving by not having, yeah. by not doing smoking yeah. anymore, yeah. and and also like I don't have dirty teeth and fingernails and yeah. <laughs> and feel and feel terrible when I'm not when I'm not smoking. Another point I was going to make was about money because obviously you've got this supermarket culture now that sells yeah. Yeah. at really yeah. prices. Exactly, uh, yeah. and that, I expect that you know ex- makes the problem a lot worse, doesn't it? Like, I think it does, and we've actually seen a massive shift in the way that people drink. You know, historically, mm. people used to go out to drink, you go down the pub, you'd see your friends, but actually, a lot of people now are drinking at home, mm-hmm. and yeah. I think probably more people drink at home than will go out. So, for me, again, that's uh, You often see people coming out of supermarkets with trolleys. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, and they probably haven't spent a great deal on it yeah. because of how. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, what tips going. do you. What other tips do you, would you do you offer people who who try and dry January out? What can you advise? Yeah. I think to be honest with you, give it a go and see mm. how you feel. You know, I think even if you start off with kind of two or three days, mm-hmm. if you if you kind of somebody who normally drinks every day, try and take a couple of days off. Yeah. You know, aim for the full month if you can do, yeah. but don't see it as a failure if you don't make it. Just you know, any kind of little change can actually make a right. difference. So for me, just just give it a try and see how you get on. Yeah, because the, the, the to to like full circle it to the poster I saw on the hospital mm-hmm. was that it's the the, the main because I think it was just basically like an ad. I think it was something to do with Alcohol Anonymous or something like that. Like, and it was basically um, sort of suggesting that. I think the biggest mistake people make is drinking too consistently because yeah. I said like it's it's always healthy just 
yeah, I guess I'm assuming like for your liver and everything else is just yeah. that, that just to uh, just to take a couple of days off drinking and like all that kind of thing. But so if you remember quickly, um, we had Jason the soldier on. I remember him telling us that in that sort of so- mm. soldier community, that yeah. for them to get over whatever they were going through, and we know what this PTSD is a huge problem with them, mm. was just to go out and drink and forget about it. Yeah. But he couldn't do that because he knew that when you're deep in that mindset you yeah. don't want to drink because you end up waking up the next day feeling a lot worse yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. so yeah there is that culture around alcohol which I think mm-hmm. is also part of it we have to mm-hmm. yeah yeah and I think that's just ultimately what, what why uh, people end up in that situation mm-hmm. but anyway so finally because we need to take a break right now but all, I, all we always say to the guests is like where can people find uh, is there any information that you can tell us like you know website stuff or anything yeah, like that yeah I mean if you go on the alcohol confirm website that'll give mm-hmm. you information about dry January I think there is a dry January website which is dry january.org.uk um, also have a look at the Balance Northeast website if you Google search it then you'll be able to find it awesome but yeah and I just think as you said you know just even though it's the 12th of January that you can still start now Stop that's now. that's yeah. got yeah. what you've got two and a half weeks <laughs> yep. that's pretty good oh yeah and you, you never know like you say you might end up going I really like this I'm going to keep doing it I'm like thinking now, like I mean, I've, I'm just going. I've already agreed to go out tomorrow, <laughs> <laughs> but because I'm, I'm like going, maybe I should do it. Maybe I should just, uh, maybe I should just do it just for fun. <laughs> it's just for fun, right? But yeah, just uh, yeah. I, but I'm like, I'm going. I could just do it the next month because it doesn't really matter to me. But, um, but yeah, but no. So do it if you fancy it. But yeah, huge thank you for coming on. That was really interesting. And uh, yeah, check out the yeah, websites and stuff. And happy again, New Year. Come again sometime. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Right. Uh, so as we said, guys, this is, we're a little bit past half the hour, so apologies for Spice if they're annoyed at me, but we're going to play some ads now. And then we come, and we're going to play Radio Gaga by Queen, because I was actually humming this on the way here, so that's quite weird. Um, and yeah, then we'll be right back uh, to talk more mentally sound-related stuff right here on Spice FM 98.8 FM. We'll see you in a sec, guys. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, Spice FM 98.8 FM. Welcome to your community announcement answer machine. To broadcast your community announcement on Spice FM free of charge, call 0191273988. Select option 3 and record your message. No more messages. Spice FM 98.8 FM.
Welcome back, everybody, to Mentally Sound right here on Spice FM 98.8 FM. Huge thank you to Susan Taylor. We were just talking in the break, actually, about how much fun it was. Um, you know, it's obviously an interesting subject matter, and obviously it's relevant because of the fact that it's January. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was uh, it was a really interesting interview, and I was quite I was quite fascinated to know that like she said, fifty percent of people carry it on after January for actually doing it. So it's obviously a worthwhile cause. Um, I didn't expect them stats to be as good as they were, but yeah. Yeah, I'm glad she knew that as well because I, that was honestly the when you when you said she was coming on, I was thinking that would be probably the most interesting question mm-hmm. is to go like how many people adhere to it, how many people because mm-hmm. I'm assuming the, the there will be people who do it who can't do it and maybe that might reveal to them that they do have well, something the they need to get better at. It's like you know you hear all the time about um, things like pubs and that being closed, they, they weren't popular as they once were, mm-hmm. and you kind of wonder well does that mean people are drinking less necessarily, but. The, the truth is that they're not because, as I say, the supermarket culture has meant that, you know, when you can buy alcohol really cheaply. As mm-hmm. I say, I'm sure you've seen people walking out with trolleys with, like, you know, bundles and bundles of cans and bottles and, mm-hmm. and you know, just to see them through whatever. Did you see me, though, did you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was why I was, I was really quiet during that interview. Um, no, but, uh, yeah. So, so no, but uh, I'm, I'm sorry if I'm being... I don't mean to be flippant about a serious subject matter, obviously. It's hard to do comedy on a, mo- on a mental health show, but, like, um, yeah, we, you know... We, we, crawl we, we, we try, we try, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, obviously, you know, I'm not meaning to you know, denigrate a serious subject matter, because, obviously, if you do have a problem, please do, you know, do the advice suggested and and we've talked about alcohol plenty of times on the show and how you can get help so um but no i'm just saying relatively speaking because as we were talking about it's a it's a society thing is that it's a you know it's mm-hmm. readily available and you know we i was talking about you know because obviously in christmas you give people alcohol like i got my my sister a nice bottle of gin mm-hmm. that's what she asked for so um mm-hmm. and uh and she her coping, me- coping mechanism a lot of the time when she comes from work whenever I've spent any time with her she has a glass of wine mm-hmm. and I, I said that's kind of what I was saying because I was really making sure that we at least touch on the other side of the argument of like you know as I was saying I think alcohol within reason yeah. can be beneficial in somebody's life because yeah. it, it helps you you know de-stress and get over you know get over the uh, it's just I always go to it's like any vices it's like you know having a cheeseburger it's like it's how many cheeseburgers you have mm-hmm. it's not having one it's it's how the moderation mm-hmm. moderation I think is the most important thing mm-hmm. um you know, I mean, obviously, I mean, there's some exceptions. I mean, like, we were talking during the break about smoking, and I'm like, oh, and moderate, moderate smoking, I mean, like, if you have maybe one or two, you'd be all right, but it still isn't healthy. Um, so there are some exceptions to that rule, but for the most part, mm-hmm. you know, you know, even have, having, like, a, a not that healthy meal every now and again isn't going to do any major mm-hmm. harm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's moderation, folks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that sounds like that sounds like um, another like Looney Tunes. That's all, folks. Like <laughs> moderation, folks. Uh, anyway, but uh, yeah. So I felt like we never got a chance to do an intro, so we've mm-hmm. got some time until we're going to do mental health news on the hour. Sure. Uh, just to let people know about that. Because um, I am I right in thinking we didn't really kind of we did do mental health news in the last one, but it was a bit rushed. Or am I wrong about that? Uh, as far as memory... Oh, no, we did it with the Tyneside. We did it with the Tyneside Cinema. That's right, yes. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, so yeah, it'd be quite, kind of nice to do it old school in the sense of mm-hmm. it was just me and you again. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's going to be interesting. So I've got some extended uh, news points this... Uh, Brilliant. Because oh, I, think, I think Christmas, uh, obviously, a lot of things like loneliness and homelessness gets talked about, so uh-huh. there's a lot of reflections that in, in, yeah, in, no, in totally. this month. So. so that it makes sense. But, yeah, so, I mean, I asked you how you were and everything, and we never really kind of got a chance to kind of delve into things. So, um, so like, what was, you know, because we were kind of, talking about how Christmas is going to be like for us. So, like, so on a whole, if you have to, like, sort of summarise your holiday 
your holiday, I was going to say experience, but it's not really, I don't think that's quite the right word, but yeah. you know what I mean, like it's the holiday season, like how, how did it go for you overall? Okay. I mean, the good thing is, it's not a, it's not a period of, uh, it's not a, it's not a festive time where I dread anymore. Mm-hmm. It's, I wouldn't say I necessarily look forward to it, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm becoming a bit of a, uh, you know, simpler person as I grow <laughs> wiser. That I like, I like. That's the geek good in that. Yeah, I, I like seeing, uh, I like seeing bright lights and uh, trees and stuff. And I think if it puts smiles on people's faces, then that's fine by me. Oh, yeah. If it brings oh, yeah. families together, unity and all that stuff, that's fine by me. Uh, as I've mourned to you before, yes, I do hate the the commercialisation of it and the way that uh, corporate companies, you know, hijack it. You have to do this. Sell. You have yeah. to buy that. You have yeah. to do this. You have to buy that. But this yeah. is what I mean. It's mm-hmm. like with any other festival. You can you can you can sort of conform it to make it how you want it to be. You yeah. don't have to abide by society's rules necessarily how you should tackle it. Um, it's like saying, you know, Valentine's Day. It doesn't mean you have to buy a car on that specific day for your totally, loved one. You can totally, totally. Yeah. There's plenty of other days. Totally agree with that. I totally <laughs> agree with that. Like uh, we were just talk- we were talking and uh, we were talking before the show started about how because um, uh, I was going to ask you what you did for New Year's Eve. Um, because I essentially sat and played games. <laughs> like, and I had the best time ever. Yeah. Like, I just went, you know what it is? I had quite, like, quite, like, I say this, this made me sound like I'm a snob and go, and I had plenty of invitations. <laughs> like, I, I don't, I don't, I didn't, I, did, I don't normally. And I usually do something for New Year's, like, I have people around to play games and stuff. Yeah. But I just, I just, like, I'd had, like, that, because it was on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. I was, I had quite a, already quite a long weekend. Mm-hmm. And I just was like, I really just don't want to do anything, mm-hmm. um, and I was starting to feel really tired. And then, uh, as I as I touched on, uh, uh, did I say this earlier? I, I may, may have done, or at least maybe in the last show. But my mom's not doing very well, so I've been kind of looking after her. Um, so like, so I've been doing all that kind of thing, and then you know, and then had a long weekend in that sense. So mm-hmm. like all the offers I'd got, I just like <laughs> uh, the reason I wanted to bring it up is because one of my friends, right, just would not accept that I wanted to do nothing <laughs> kept just like ringing me up you know have you ever had okay. that situation where like so a friend of mine who's, you know he's a very very nice person and he's listened mm-hmm. to this show a few times mm-hmm. um, you know so it's not like a, a criticism in that sense because I understood why he was concerned because I went I'm really tired I'm not really up to it like, so it does come across that maybe I might be a bit depressed or something mm-hmm. so I completely understand his way of thinking but like I said like two or three times like going it's alright Sorry, I'm fine. <laughs> like, I'm fine. Like, I really do want to be on my own. Like, you know, I was just like, I've had a really, really tough week, and yeah. all I really want to do is sit and play games. Because, you know, like we were saying, like me and Katie were talking about before the show, is you know, if you're a video game fan or a board game fan, is that uh, particularly for me, video games is quite a, an individual thing. Mm-hmm. Like, it's my downtime. So that's I, what I mean. You can conform whatever it is to how yeah. you want to do whatever the occasion is. It's, yeah, because that I, makes you feel happy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, uh, that's what was kind of, like, that, That's exactly. That, thank you. That's exactly. But do you think what, what your was friend was, is that? Do you, do you think that's the form of peer pressure? Then I think it goes back to what I think it goes back to what we've been talking about in terms of like expectation, like a yeah, Christmas. Yeah. Is that I think he looked at it as. Well, that's not what you do. That's not what people do. Yeah. People don't just stay in their house and do nothing. Like, it's New Year's Eve. You can't be on your own. And I'm like, I'm not on my own. Like, you know, my friends are still going to exist tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't mean, like, you know, if I don't, like, you know, the clock's ticking and I'm just sitting there going, oh, well, it's nice to know everybody, but they're all going to disappear at midnight. So, like, it's it's like I'm going to see majority of these people within the week, like, a week after, like, you know, within a week of... Um, I'm, not, I'm not so much a know? gamer nowadays as you are. Yeah. Um, 
Um, but in the days in the days where I was, and th- this was the time when I used to really get down about New Year's Eve that I wish I was out there, or I wish I had invites to go to places and yeah, do yeah. things. And I used to just sit and play like sensible soccer. Do you remember sensible oh, soccer? Oh, great drive? game! Yeah. And and the early FIFA. They brought that, that back. Up, yeah. They brought. And I used to just do that all the time, and that's what. Yeah, yeah. Me, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mega Drive. Oh, yeah. That, that that was Mega Drive was like the first like permanent console I ever got. Yeah. I ever owned because mm-hmm. uh, the 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 first um the first computer that was ever in our house that had the ability to play games like kids listening to this that there are any well not kids but like a teenage if any teenagers end up listening to this show or any of the shows that you know geek apocalypse that i do is um you know the, when i say like this had like uh, games like the first games it had like fruit machines <laughs> like yeah. i used to play this thing like it was the, the it used to be on a cassette tape which yeah. everyone's gonna go what a lot of people if they're exactly, young yeah. is gonna go what's that um but you used to put like a cassette tape inside it or a floppy disk yeah. uh, and about like eight floppy disks in a row to install something yeah. i just remember how like hilarious I that was commodore 64 yeah 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 my friend had a my friend had that the game to load by Can- cannon fodder yeah that was a game called cannon fodder that i remember playing. but uh, yeah so um i had an app we had an Amstrad, so I used to sit and play Fruit Machines. Oh, yeah. And I literally mean, as in, you just pressed enter right. uh, on the keyboard, and it just figured Fruit Machines. But you've got to bear in mind, I'm talking, like, late 80s, where so I probably was about, like, three or four. So that makes kind of some yeah. sort of sense, is that I just enjoyed pressing enter and watching the Fruit Machines go along. Yeah. And then, like, ra- like if it <laughs> if it became three sevens was a jackpot. Yeah. So I used to just, like, go, and then it would be like, you get more credits, and then you got to, like, flip them again. Mm. So I was, like, uh, simple but effective. Um, mm. But, yeah, then, so I'm saying that sort of was, like, a game in that sense, but, like, as in they had the ability to play games on, and it was their uh, Alan Sugar's invention. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, and then I got a, a Mega Drive when the console what, what wars happened. What about him? I know, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I know. He's not done much, has he, Alan yeah. Sugar? <laughs> uh, he, oh, he did famously uh, turn down, uh, turn down um, Bill Gates. Um, you know, that, that, he must be kicking himself for that. Oh, I didn't I, really. that's one thing I didn't know. You have to tell Do you me not know that? that? I didn't have to tell me about yeah, that. Yeah, um, the, the first um, innovation of Windows okay. that Bill Gates came up with, yeah. he went to... Um, Alan Sugar and pitched it to him okay. and Alan Sugar didn't take a risk on it because he said at the time he thought it was Ooh, not okay, finished right. he didn't think it was finished okay. um, and then he went and pitched it to I'm not quite sure actually but uh, Bill Gates then pitched it to somebody else who had the capital to do it and they made Microsoft is that, is that, yeah. Um, Windows came yeah and Windows became a thing oh, so okay. it was the first software Windows you know like yeah. the actual the actual the um, uh, what you got like the yeah just software software isn't it? <laughs> I'm going what's the other word for software it's software <laughs> software Stephen um, but yeah so um so anyway I'm so well thanks for that cause yeah yeah should he um, troll me on Twitter yeah, yeah. I know what to reply with <laughs> well you turn there we'll get well and also he he did once hire Christian Gross for Tottenham. <laughs> Oh yes, yes. <laughs> I saw that recently. Uh, it's like the worst managerial appointment. Christian Gross, uh, Christian yeah. Gross who was, was managing was a Swiss cl- team. And, uh, yeah, I remember it. when he went to the interview. His first job, he went. He I went know. And he hold, yeah, because he, held he his hold ticket, the ticket. Yeah, yeah. And Alan Sugar, like on this interview, they had Alan Sugar on talking about it as the worst manager I've ever appointed. Yeah. And Alan Sugar went. I knew even then that I'd made a terrible mistake <laughs> when he held his ticket. Yeah, on. he went. Oh my God, what is this guy doing? <laughs> Like he's a football manager and he's he's waving a ticket. He went to the underground and like yeah. that comedians going, who in their right mind like it's White Hart Lane in in Tottenham, it's Tottenham, yeah. and then like any football player like goes in like Ferraris and Bentleys and this guy's like you know going I'm on the tube, <laughs> like and he's the manager. So like, yeah. it, it, it it did come across like quite like a bit weird. Yeah. I think he was trying to go for the whole 
the whole I think the angle he was trying to go for was he was one of the people yeah, one of the people yeah. I'm one of the fans yeah, yeah and it just yeah. completely backfired um, anyway so it was completely random what were we talking talk? oh yeah so New Year's Eve mm-hmm. so yeah so, so yeah to go back to the, the story was so I think it's the the pressure of the expectation of what mm. you're supposed to do, mm. um, that I just went. I'm really all right. I like just playing games. I like just um, relaxing, and I, and I'd been like, you know, because um, as Ricky knows, because I'm good, really good friends with him, is I'm I'm a pretty sociable person, and like I in, when I'm in a social environment, I'm like I make the most of it, and I talk to people, and I really love spending time with people, especially people that I like, you know, and want to want to be with. Um, so I can mentally prepare myself for that, but the problem with um, I think the other issue with sort of the festive season yeah. is that I think even someone like me who enjoys being sociable, I think everybody reaches a point where they get social overload, where you just oh, you're just absolutely. constantly around people too many yeah. too much, yeah. and you just go, yeah. I need to be on my own. Yeah. I need to just like you know de-stress yeah. and uh, and when you got mental health things or do meditation stuff like I do, I need to literally be on my own for that reason just to oh, actually absolutely. make myself feel better. Yeah. Um, and again, like I say, I get cranky if I don't play games because that's the my like re- relaxing like, thing. In the times where um, I. In my in my teenage years, my youth, I, I was a loner. I was kind of essentially myself, not necessarily through choice. I guess my it was when my my condition was manifesting the PTSD, so I had to do things on my own because I wasn't very sociable. Yeah. But even when I became more the person that I am now and, and interacting and doing stuff with other people, I do miss the times on one, and I do make sure I get that. That, that yeah. I do have that time, whatever it is. If it's just sitting in front of the TV or just being outside going it, for a walk. I was, was going to use this as a quick example about mental health related stuff, obviously, because we do a mental health show. Mm-hmm. As I was going to give this example of, um, because of the stuff situation with my mom that I'm going through, which I'll probably talk about a bit later, mm-hmm. um, is uh, m- one of my really close friends, Nick, um, said to me a couple of weeks ago, because she comes and plays board games at my house, mm-hmm. and a couple of weeks ago she went, she texted me on the Thursday and she was texting me because you know, I've talked to her all the time mm-hmm. so she was texting me going like how, how are things going and I told her like oh things aren't going great like you know I'm, I'm around my mum's house all the time making sure she's okay yeah. um, and I said not, not great as in just it's very demanding and I've I, you know I've, I've I'm, I'm making sure my mom's taking her medication and everything mm-hmm. and so I was explaining this to Nick and then she just texted me the day before they usually come around which is Friday so it would be tonight um, they come around tonight and, and um, she just said like um, how do you feel about us coming around tomorrow? Like, do you still want us to come around? Like, and I, and I, which is a nice question because it's considerate. Yeah. And I just said, yeah, of course. Like, you know, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing you. And she just went, oh, well, it's just like I'm not, you know, if I was you, like, if it was me in your situation, I would not want to be anywhere near anybody. And I went, well, um, that's kind of like an example of where, you know, I understand. Like, she was just saying what how she would mm-hmm. deal with it, but I'm making the point of. I think this, because this is what's been happening with my mom and how we're helping her, because I think people make this fundamental mistake of of thinking that the things you do to deal with your mental health is what would work mm. for somebody else, because it's understanding that people are different in terms of personality. Mm-hmm. So for me, my I do have periods of time when I want to be alone, but it's a lot rarer than it is wanting to be with somebody. Yeah. So I much prefer being around people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do. But then it's crucial for me to have some time on my own. But um, I make the point of my mental health would be a lot worse if I had consecutive days where I didn't see anybody because I start being aware of that. Oh, and yeah. it's like yeah. I, I think 
the way I describe being sociable for me is like it's the it's the like healing of my soul. Like I need I need it to like you know get level XP <laughs> or something. Yeah, I need I need I need it to like kind of like you know restore my my health as it were. Um, so if I don't get that over a period of time for whatever reason, like That's when I was like when I was sick with their strep throat, you remember? Yeah, but we've had um, this conversation before regarding their social media. It's mm-hmm. like we talk in the same light of addiction as well. It's like um. People have this almost fear now of, of, of being disconnected with everything. Yes. Which is why it yes. drives them that they ah, want to be on point, social yeah. media and make sure they're aware of what's going on. Yeah. And I need to be there. I was um I was making this point to someone the other day that um th- th- I think people again the sort of social pressure mm-hmm. of I've learned this as I've got older, and I think this is one of the things I like about being thirty and being sort of um dare I say mature, <laughs> but um but. You you learn to understand the ability to say no, and it, you don't have to say yes to everything yeah. all the time. Like I think that's what people feel. So your point is incredibly powerful because I think you're absolutely right. I think t- I went definitely for a period of time at uni and sort of post uni maybe, um, and obviously when you're at school because you want to be cool, mm-hmm. is that you just feel so threatened that if you miss a party or yeah. miss a thing, you've missed an opportunity. A bit like, you know, that when people go, I never, I must have missed that lesson at school because you're like suddenly like, I don't know um, how kissing works. Like, did we have a lesson on this? And I've totally, <laughs> like, oh, whatever. I know that's a weird example. That's not like I think of. Yeah. But like, I don't know, like, oh, you're like, you know, you're, you're starting a business and you go and like, you know, you don't know the yeah. sort of basics and you go and, did I feel like I missed that at school? Was I sick that day? And like, you know, so I think that's, Applied but you make a, a good point as well that the, the, the learning to say no, um, mm. it, it's almost, I think it's incredibly powerful once you get to, to that to, point, to, yeah. yeah. Mm. It's like, do you remember a, a previous mental health news item that we covered where uh, an employee um, written written an email to a boss saying that I can't come in because I need a mental health day? Yes. And he responded by saying, well, more power to you. Um, Thank you for telling yeah, me. Yeah, it's, it's a good wish that more people were honest like you. And because I, I think I think if you do that with <coughs> someone who's clearly having a hard time, mm-hmm. then they'll only have that one day off and want to come back stronger. Yeah. Whereas if you don't let them do that, mm-hmm. then it might become a long-term problem mm-hmm. and they're off a lot longer. Mm-hmm. I think that's what employee, you know, it's a really good way of, because we need to pay the ads in a second, because mm-hmm. we're at day one. Um, but yeah, so yeah, good summary, because I think that's exactly the point. I remember Stephen Fry making that point of, is if you deal with a short-term problem, mm-hmm. you're going to get more long-term production out of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the problem with like the NHS and that, you know, that's one of the reasons where I'll, <laughs> I'll talk about this in a second now at some point, yeah. which please remind me. Yeah. But, um, you know, my mom's just started to see a counsellor. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things that we did is I just said to her, look, my mom's, you know, retired. She's got a pension. She could get an allowance for this mm-hmm. as well, which we've looked into. So let's just get her a private counsellor. Let's deal with it now. Because I know how the process works. If she goes through our GP, she's waiting eight, nine months yeah. for an answer. And I'm like, I'm not Especially wanting to do that. Especially this time of year with yeah. the crisis and all that going on. It's yeah. Gonna be really so if she can afford it, I mean, she's in a privileged position. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, let's do it. So I made, I was very, very, pu- like, uh, yeah, I was going to say pushy, but that's probably the right word. Because it was out of love, obviously, mm-hmm. that I, and, being care- and caring. That like, I think this will really help her, so let's, mm-hmm. let's make it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a good example. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, right, so we need to take a break because we're, at the, uh, we're heading towards the second hour now. We actually are just at one o'clock. So we're going to play some ads, and then we're going to play Don't Get Me Wrong by The Pretenders, which I'm so pleased is on. Oh, yeah. What a great song. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we'll be back with good segue because uh, Ricky just touched on it, uh, Mental Health News. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll be back in the second hour on Mentally Sound right here on, on 98.8 FM, Spice FM. Right, we'll be right back, guys. 
sick of the same old radio sound? <sighs> then you need Vibrant Radio. Spice up your life. Spice FM, 98.8 FM. Main nikla o gaddi leke if you've been refused car credit, then come and see our finance team at WeFinanceYouForMore.com. Call Jesse on 0800-917-8013, visit our Scotswood Road showroom, or log on at WeFinanceYouForMore.com. Red Hot Radio, Spice FM 98.8 FM.
Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Mentally Sound right here on Space of M98.8 FM. Uh, huge thank you to the Pretenders. It's less sounds like they're watching. Huge thank you to the Pretenders for listening. Um, <laughs> Bye, guys. Know, thanks. Hi, yeah, thank you for that. Thank you for letting us borrow that. Uh, <laughs> Come in again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah, they were just playing live. Yeah, just playing live in the corner. Thanks, guys. You take a break. Take five. Um, anyway. <laughs> I don't know what. See, no, I sense of humour. Huh? I'm such a silly person. Um, but no, seriously. Um, obviously, huge thank you. That was a great song I'm a huge fan of the Pretenders so I was really glad that they were on um, and obviously huge thank you as I said to Susan in the first hour and obviously me and Ricky were catching up we're going to do mental health news in a second but one thing I always forget to do in the show till about now when I remember and go oops silly me is um, about contacting the show um, so we're on Twitter which is at underscore mentally sound uh, Ricky's at vivid Ricky and I'm at underscore mentally uh, underscore you know, at geek underscore apocalypse um, and you can uh, in, t- in relation to Spice FM if you want to talk to the radio station directly you can do so um, you can email them at studio at spicefm.co.uk you can text them at 80039 and type the word at Spice uh, or you can go to the website which is www.spicefm.co.uk where you can listen to everything live anywhere in the world mm. you can listen uh, and just go this is amazing you know because I remember like you know when I did in my podcast and stuff and uh, th- this was like the old server I used to use where it used to tell like who would listened in what world like what part of the world what world like Mar- yeah Mars um, <laughs> like they listened to Mars um, I had to tell NASA and everything um, but no like um, I meant like where in the world and like you know I, I have heard about this because I remember like when Ricky Gervais did his one with like Carl Pilgerton and whatnot, um, uh, apparently like Scandinavians seem to really like podcasting because I remember like I was getting like quite early on on my podcast quite a lot of listens in like Denmark and Denmark and Sweden. That was the most downloaded podcast yeah. ever. Yeah, Are they still hold the record that Ricky Gervais. Um, I'm not really sure, but um, I do know that. Um, overall, when they stopped, they had collectively 600 million. I, it's probably surpassed now yeah. because, um, but. I would say they take the crown for this reason. They didn't do that many. And so why I'm saying that is because there's probably podcasts that have outdone them in terms of downloads, but they've done four more episodes. Yeah, I agree with that because I also think they probably did too many. Yeah. (laughs) Because you could tell in the later shows that they were were kind of getting, hmm, we're doing it again kind of attitude. I'm I'm kind of good at that. Like of all of Ricky DeVace's stuff, I'm kind of good at he doesn't do that because it's the only one I miss. Yeah. do you know, yeah. you know the funny thing? I said this to my mum the other day because mm. she loves Carl Pilton as well. <laughs> even though I don't drink anymore, if there's one guy who could persuade me to <laughs> go to the pub, have a drink, sit down and I'll tell you a few stories, it's Carl Pilkington. Because <laughs> I'll just be on the floor laughing my head off, I just guarantee. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what, it's, that's weird. That, I don't know how, that, that's weird that that's been brought up because I have been re-watching the podcasts. Yeah. Like, because I've read the, the HBO version. Um, and it, I love it when they had it, they, they made it all Hannah Barbera. I love that tribute yeah, to the cartoons. Like I mean, the, Flint, the, like, the, uh, the Goons did a similar uh, thing, because yeah. I'm a huge fan of the Goons, the, the old yeah, radio yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. They did a similar thing, but they used puppets. I don't know if people are aware of that. Like, after the show had finished, Very the cool. original, they brought it back and they used puppets. My, one of my old loves. Yeah. I love puppetry. <laughs> but yeah, no, no, it, 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 I, I really thought that was quite a, an interesting angle, you know, because they could have went down that sort of Simpsons family guy road, but they went all like old school and yeah. you know, obviously like the Flintstones, because Ricky Gervais does look and like I the Flintstones. I think because of uh, like, uh, right. imagination, the, anim- mm. the animations of what he was thinking and yeah. just did, did it perfectly. It really Yeah, yeah. Sense. Um, so yeah, out of all the stuff that Ricky Gervais did, and it makes it sound like I'm knocking him, but I'm, I'm not really, but I'm just saying, yeah, I did. 
I do miss out of all the yeah. the stuff he's done. Uh, um, you know, more so than the office. I, I just wish he would do them podcasts. Because what I thought you were going to say in terms of podcasting and just basically like sort of media media like this in general, like you know, because obviously he did like XFM before that, mm-hmm. is um is just. You know, he he's like the sort of the godfather of, of podcasting, and that you know they they did that before it was like cool, or like you know I don't like look I don't like thinking of things in that context, but I'm just saying mm-hmm. they made it an art form. It actually became a media thing for because of what they were I doing. I think Ricky and also you know? one or two other people, um, Nick Abbott and Tommy Boyd, they used to call it shooting the breeze. Yeah, it's kind of like what we're doing now. We yeah, just yeah, sit yeah. and talk. Yeah, yeah. And the idea is is that we don't do like a Q and A boring, you know, that kind of thing. Well, so the person listening at home can feel that they're also part of the room. They're sitting here with us. And it's funny you say that, right? Because I was getting a lift uh, earlier, and uh, or maybe it was yesterday, and um, we had just regular radio on in the car. Mm-hmm. I know I'm going to sound like Howard Stern here, but I'm bashing like terrestrial radio or something. Cause I, yeah, I'm sure I've listened to Howard Stern for many years. Mm-hmm. That when he, especially when he left it, or even yeah. when he was on it, he used to he used to bash terrestrial radio when he was on it. Yeah. Um, but um, I I am, I, um, and I mean no disrespect to them as people, mm-hmm. but I um, so it was, we just we were flicking through, and um, Stephen Karen came on. Stephen Karen, oh. the Metro, because he used to be Galaxy or something, and moved to Metro. I can never remember. It was oh, so okay. controversial yeah. on it at the time to do the yeah. breakfast show, yeah. right? Yeah. So I was sitting watching it and I'm going, and the, I know I understand that like what we're doing right now is we're essentially filling time mm-hmm. and we're just you know chatting to each mm-hmm. other in a hopefully an interesting way. Mm-hmm. But it just felt it just felt fake. I was yeah. listening to this and I'm going, you know that really like over the top like hi and welcome, you know like yeah. it is the, the really over the top radio voice and them all going, they just the, uh, there's a difference between having a small talk between people that you like mm-hmm. and then seeing like mainstream media where it feels very forced. It feels very much just kind of like you know, I hi, and welcome to Stephen Carroll John. Next, what's going up? I think Spice FM um, is is the, one of the few remaining beacons of where. You know, local radio is actually reflecting the community, and we can yeah. talk the way we are. Yeah. In in a lot of other regional stuff, where it used to be really cool, listening in the eighties and nineties, as we've had, as we've said this before, I know we've through conversations we've had with each other, it just gets really bland. The wall to wall kind of syndicated. You know, ironic yeah, kind of chat that they have, and it's um, the mercy of records. Ha- yeah. I don't know whether you agree with this, but I think that's happening in chat <coughs> shows. Like they're actually fearful of the word chat in chat shows now. Like yeah, I've definitely. seen so many chat shows now. I think Graham Norton's the only one who's sort of like. I mean, it's not really a conventional chat show that he does, mm-hmm. but at least he actually like talks to his guests. Because especially in America, because I used to love American chat shows, mm-hmm. and I watch them now, and they're so scripted and formulated. Yeah. And it's all built around, like, a chat show should be built around the interview. Mm-hmm. And you shouldn't be afraid of having, like, that's so terrified of a question not flying. Yeah. Like, and I'm like, but that's what makes conversation interesting. It's not like, you know, imagine you did that as a friend. Like, you rang them up and went, do you want to meet in the pub? All right, yeah, that sounds great. Right. Mm-hmm. And when we do, can we talk about this question? And I'm going to respond in this manner. And I'm going to ask you this question. And I'm going to respond in this manner. You'd go, I'm not going to go to that. that sounds rubbish. And they put the phone down. And like, but yeah. and apparently they think that's entertainment on TV. Like, it doesn't. But whatever uh, happened to the art form of the TV chat show? I mean, what? I mean, forget your Jeremy Tells and stuff, but what actually, what TV chat show is out there which actually sits down with an audience, does an interactive thing where they talk about social issues all the time? I guess 
There's that one that Nicky Campbell does on Sunday morning, the big question. Oh, I quite like that. Yeah, yeah. it's all right, but, but that's, that's the only one I can That's the debate show, though. Like, a lot of that revolves around religion and ethics yeah, and stuff. Yeah, it's a, it's a debate show, yeah, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's good, like, I've mm. seen a few. Um, my mum, that's one of the things my mum watches, like, mm. quite a lot, and uh, whenever I used to live at home, I used to watch it with I her. I know she gets a lot of flack, yeah. um, this woman, but Esther Ranson used to do it an afternoon I remember show. that, yeah. <laughs> I, I used to watch that yeah. on, on yeah. occasion when I was a student. But, yeah, it's just like, I mean, because you, it, the... I don't mind, like, because obviously, you know, radio shows and chat shows and stuff that we do, mm-hmm. like, e- even what we do here, mm-hmm. like, obviously our, our idea is to do mental he- is to talk about mental health mm-hmm. and to make it less discriminatory yeah. and to talk about it openly and hopefully, like, you know, help people. Mm-hmm. But the, da- the ultimately, this is how media stuff works. And I'm sure I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, you know, um, what's the word, um, be patronising to the audience, but mm-hmm. I'm just talking about the the obvious form of like you have to plug things like the the reason people come on is to promote something mm-hmm. you know it's very rare someone just comes on and goes i mean if you they like the sh- i mean people who become fans of something might come on and like I, i've done that before where someone says like you know you, do you mind coming on for doing this or helping me out and i'm like yeah because i like you so it's not not i'm not it's a win-win situation yes. isn't it? it benefits um, you as doing the podcast and it yeah. benefits that person because they've got stuff to you know but what so what I'm getting at is like everybody understands that that's how it works. Yeah. But you don't. What I'm seeing more and more of now is like essentially lazy presenting, where they just like have someone on and go. So you had to promote something. Oh, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just like, yeah. and I'm like, okay, but you know, and uh, make it fun. Tell us about the film. Yeah. Like yeah, tell us about the film. Do you enjoy working on it? I'm like, of course. And you can, they can, you can tell course, by the uh, person's face that they've done this same repetitive line for like. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, you've got me in a rant now because I'm, I'm sitting here going. times on that day. Yeah. 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 Like, what you thinking? Well, isn't that such a dumb question? Yeah. A really dumb question at least, to go. At least did I get a fresh angle? Did you enjoy working on the film? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, because what? What? Imagine it. Like it, the only way that would be interesting is if they went. Well, actually, no. Yeah. And he asked why? Because yeah. this guy was a such and such, and this yeah. guy was a such and such. Because yeah. obviously, we've got to be careful what we say here. But I'm just saying that the like that's the only way that would be an entertaining story. Mm-hmm. But if it's the opposite, then you shouldn't ask it because all it's going to be is like the generic. Yeah, it was fun. Like you know, I got paid twenty million dollars. Exactly, exactly. Because it's a a corporate junket at the end of the day to do these interviews and yeah, Yeah. get money. It's 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 like the the post match interviews after football matches, don't they? Oh God, I can't watch them anymore. Yeah, main questions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So did you enjoy your performance? Another one. Yeah. How do you you think you did? Yeah. Yeah, Well, Well, that was a great goal. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. That's my job. I'm a striker. Yeah. Yeah, it's like I mean. I know, then, but, uh, but then I, I don't like the manager some of the time when I actually report or actually a genuine question where I go, that's actually interesting. And the manager goes, oh, he has to speak about that right now. I'm just saying, you know, we played really well. It was a really well, good game. Classic, classic <laughs> like, Wenger, I, I didn't see. Yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. <laughs> uh, but Wenger, it happened to the dugout. Uh, I didn't, uh, I didn't see it, didn't see it, didn't see it. Distracted. I was having my bottle of water. Um, yeah, uh, but, you know. But Austin, you actually hit him. No, I didn't see it, didn't see it, didn't see it. Didn't say it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's to- that's totally true. He does annoy me when he does that because he's typical. Oh, Joe's there where it's just like I'm not. You know, just. I, I hope he still remains manager. Ah, like but, awesome. Yeah. But 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 he's on an inter- on an inter- entertainment value. You know, yeah. Kind of yeah, it's funny. Well, he just like sort of just doesn't avoid the question. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho, um, that was a fun little ranty ranty uh, conversation there. But um, anyway, mm-hmm. as we said, like cause we're going to have a bit of time to do this. Is we're going to do mental health news now. So um, mm-hmm. uh, hopefully we got a bit of time to actually communicate. Um, we're not expecting someone, are we? Just someone, 
just uh, a mafia leader just came in. <laughs> he really looks just like a trench coat and looked a bit shady. I was just like, yeah, just yeah. like yeah. He's like he, he started doing like you know that next thing. Like I'm like right. like I was yeah. No, he wasn't. <laughs> Ricky's like, did he really? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> like he's just in the glass thing going, you Stephen, you. <laughs> Coming for you, coming for you, Stephen. Um, like, what have I done? It'll um, happen, happen yeah. eventually. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Way, way he really likes that guy. Really likes alcohol. He's yeah. really upset. What I said earlier. <laughs> He's like, I can enjoy a drink, okay. Um, anyway, but um, anyway, so mental health news. Uh, so as I said, we've got an opportunity to kind of talk about this, and it's kind of old school because what oh, we've yeah. been doing, what we've been doing for quite some time in the old shows recently is um, having a guest to sit with us and talk which is uh, and it was fun fun experiment and I'd like to do that again yeah. but it's kind of old school now because me and Ricky can kind of talk about it so uh, let's time for Mental Health News <laughs> yeah Ricky, you'd with, think of Christmas with Ricky Tannen <laughs> oh I was just about to say but we need a, an intro because yeah. did it perfectly yeah, there you go. we'll stick with that one okay yeah. <laughs> uh, so okay so I've kind of done this news section uh, for this month I've kind of broke it down uh, differently a little bit okay so um yeah, as I mentioned before, you know, of festive period, one of the issues that has been talked about extensively in the news is uh, homelessness, right? Now I'm going to give um, I'm going to give four examples, uh, four sections of, on this topic that, mm-hmm. that's happened recently. So um, we've got four locations, right? So we have Middlesbrough, we have Windsor, and I think you might know where I'm going to go with Windsor. Yeah. Windsor Council, the Royal Wedding. Yeah, 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 yeah. Windsor. Yeah, okay. Okay, so we've got Newcastle Council and Edinburgh. Okay. So there are four, four different locations, and they're, they're each tackling homeless, homelessness okay. in, in a different way. So I thought it might be interesting to do a compare and contrast All right. sort of thing. So we'll start off this sounds like we're, we're doing a quiz, isn't it? I'm yeah. excited. <laughs> well, I think, it, I think it, for this, given that we're old school, it'll create an interesting debate. All right, um, cool. So we'll, we'll start with Middlesbrough. It's just a random order I've written it in, but we'll start with Middlesbrough. So previously, um, they had a very re- zero-tolerance approach to, middles, uh, to, to homelessness. To Middlesbrough, yeah. To <laughs> middles- <laughs> Don't we? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, I, just, yeah. I, I, I went to yeah. university there. Yeah. I, I like, whenever I buy a map, uh, that Middlesbrough just is empty for yeah. me. <laughs> I'm not going to say a bad thing. Yeah. No, we, should, no uh, we should give a shout-out to our good friend, Gary Follard, because uh, he is in Middlesbrough. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. Right. Yeah, so yeah, we mean no disrespect. We're just kidding. Um, uh, yeah. There's my invite gone. I know, yeah, exactly, yeah. No more football. <laughs> Tolerance to yeah. me. Um, so um, <laughs> they had this re- zero tolerance approach to um, homelessness yep. and particular Good. begging, which they saw as a problem. Um, but now it seems that they've took a new approach because I only saw this on the news a couple of nights ago. Um, so the, the the council have actually set up a new task force this time, which isn't taking that approach. It's taken a more uh, so it's taking a softer approach, and what they're doing is that they they're now going to assist with them individually. So they help they take them uh, under their wing oh, now and take them to help uh, get their benefits if they've got a, uh, an addiction problem. So they're going to get treatment, uh, so they get hospital treatment, GP, and so on. Um, and the, the I'm going to quote the one of the counsellors, a guy called Mick Thompson, who who came on who came on the bulletin to say that. Um, uh, moving them on doesn't work anymore. We re- we realise that. So uh, they've come up now with a with a um, a new slogan: "Is uh, prevention is better than punishment," and that's their new approach now. And I agree with that. I, just, I agree with that wholeheartedly. To me, yeah. that was so kind of refreshing. Um, considering I, before it was zero tolerance, yeah. like you know, move uh, on or, or you're going to spend the night in the cell, essentially. Yeah. 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 You see the thing. It, it, yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of. I think the more better way of saying that is like I, mean, I understand that they need to come up with like a, a nifty slogan, mm. but I think it's like 
compassion over judgment, exactly. really. Compassion, yeah. yeah. Uh, compassion is the one thing I've noticed in recent years that's been really sucked out of society now, and I think it's, it's really, really, mm-hmm. really bad. Yeah, it's good, though. I mean, that, 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 that's good that they're doing that, because at the end so of the good day... Good on Middlesbrough like, Council yeah, yeah, for, yeah. for that, that, that sort of uh, turnaround. Mm-hmm. Um, in comparison to Windsor, Coun- Windsor Council, Windsor obviously is going to be the uh, location for the Royal Wedding, which is going to be on the 19th of May. Uh, the council leader got in some hot water recently because he do we get do we get the day off? That's what I need to know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they should turn that in a bank. Yeah, bank I'm assuming yeah, they will. Yeah. yeah, they did the last one, didn't yeah. they? Um, yeah. So um, the the council leader actually used the word aggressive beggars to essentially, essentially, in in one soundbite, label all homeless people within the area as aggressive beggars, which yeah. kind of, you know raised a lot of uh, backlash. Yeah, um, quite understandable. Yeah, and they've now want they want he he said he wanted police to have the legal powers to just ship people on. What he's essentially saying is that on that day that 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 place is going to be the centerpiece of the world. Yes, the whole world's going to be watching this royal wedding, and they don't want this image. Pro- it's no, it's a cosmetic thing, isn't it? And I just think it's a, such a lame way. To yeah, but that, that's sort of a, that, if, it, if you're just seeing homelessness as a cosmetic. Problem, that's a bit then. like you know having a. That's a bit like another. Thing. Again, I'm not trying to be um you know. Uh, diffusing a, a, a serious subject but I'm like that's a bit like having a burning building and putting like a picture of like birds in front of it to pretend it's not happening yeah. like that I don't really like that because yeah. I'm like that doesn't make it real mm-hmm. um, it's all this thing of we want to be betrayed as really great when we're not great I mean yeah. my attitude to that is well be better be better don't pretend well like you know the, the issue with Windsor I think in particular because it's such a it's, it's the hot spot for a lot of uh, tourists who are you know fascinated with the royal family so it, it, it draws in a lot of tourists therefore homeless people might think by being there by you know it might help their situation out the, the tourists might you know mm-hmm. get more money that way and yeah. so on so so that's one of the reasons why they have that issue but uh, I agree with you their approach is like you know just wrong it just doesn't it's just a co- they're essentially seen as cosmetic and they're not tackling well what you said earlier about what they were doing in Middlesbrough was that it's it, it's my this is my like really adamant view about mental health and yeah in treating anybody in any situation is that you can't treat them as like part of a statistic yeah like because ultimately they'll stay in a statistic mm-hmm. like so the best way of actually dealing with it is a bit like you know what social workers do mm-hmm. i mean social workers you know get a hard rap mm-hmm. but i do kind of like sort of agree with the principle of that you know i know some social workers get it wrong just in terms of how they deal with cases mm-hmm. but actually having a case profile of somebody and finding out who they are as an individual and what they actually need Mm-hmm. Like, because that's kind of what's the problem with what you just said is yeah. that making it out as a just uh, uh, like like uh, uh, an unspecified generalistic point of mm-hmm. why well, they're homeless. Mm-hmm. Like, but why are they homeless? Mm-hmm. What can we do to prevent that? Oh, yeah. What do they need? To, how do they need to be motivated? Yeah, I think in most know, cases like, there is a backstory yeah. as to why they led to the situation yes. where they are now. Yeah. And it's all to do with their personality as well because, you know, it's what happened to them as a person, which is what makes their life story well, I unique. I having this conversation you know? with you previously that, mm-hmm. you know, when we talk, it's like, you know, if if someone was lying in the street in, physically injured oh, yeah. through, through having, yeah. a, you know, the broken leg or whatever, yeah. they're, they're going to get a reaction that there's going to be a crowd drawn and how do we help quickly? But if someone's lying, if someone's sitting there homeless, needs help, what's society's way of doing it? We just walk past them, you know. So it does not tell you, doesn't give you one example of how we treat homelessness in a way, or treat treat mental health rather. Yeah. If we just walk past people who we know might have an issue there, but yeah, we can't we can't I guess physically show we have a mental problem. See, to 
let me let me ask you this then, because this this is this this happened to me recently when I was in town with someone. Was that um, we were sitting in a KFC, uh, other other uh, takeaway places are available, but um, but like fact, I was in KFC, and we were sitting next to the the like front door. It was the one near the gate, so you know, like it's just around the corner. It's like I took over a chicken chickeny place, quite a new one, but it's really oh, okay, quite yeah. small, yeah, yeah. quite small. It's on the corner. Yeah. Uh, it's on the corner. Um, like as you get heading up to big walls, big market, and um, so we were in there and we were like, you know, just had a had a meal like in front of us on one of the things, and a guy just like very very like sort of quickly opens the the door to the KFC and like looks at me and goes, excuse me, mate, have you got a pound coin I can have? Mm-hmm. And I'm and I, and I was really like sort of taken back by like a guy literally walked into an actual place mm-hmm. to ask me. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it's not even happen like this kind of thing's not even happening on the street anymore. Is that like you know? And I'm like, I I always try and be polite with these people because I I, I but um it's a bit like we've had a homeless charity on before. I wish I'd remember who you might remember who they were. But um do you remember when I asked them like what I actually asked that directly going? I hope this doesn't come across as me being insensitive, but it's like. I, I, if if I knew, like, if someone guaranteed me, I think this is the problem, right? If someone guaranteed to me in terms of giving a homeless person money, if someone could guarantee me mm-hmm. that they could sort of in some way prove to me that they were legitimately homeless, mm-hmm. I'd gladly give them any spare money. Mm-hmm. But my problem is just that the fact that, like, <coughs> it's you, you, it's become a, in a way, a stereotypical way of dealing with homeless people is you don't believe people are being honest. I think the charity um, we had was DePaul. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, our friend, uh, m- a friend of mine on, on online as well within the disability sector, Pat Heron, because they did a sleepover, didn't they? That's right. That's right. There, yeah. Yes, thank you. Well, in a way, what we said kind of is a good segue to what Newcastle Council are doing in comparison. Okay. And I, I've, t- I've I've invited Newcastle Council to come on uh, on the show and talk about this, and I'm not any response yet. So if you're listening, please do because they they just before Christmas re- released their own sort of online uh, campaign where they're essentially telling people. To think twice before giving homeless people money, because they're saying that by giving them change might exasperate what problem they might have. So, and again, part of me is saying I've heard this argument before, but it's not one I necessarily agree with, because mm. there there is a serious problem, particularly in our region as well, in terms of housing, in terms of benefit withdrawal, benefit sanctions. You know, universal credit that we've talked about before, people relying on food banks. So, so. To me, I'm gonna I'm gonna make my own personal conscious decision there and then. If I feel that I want to help, everyone else can hear that, right? <laughs> the siren. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like losing my ha- losing my mind. I suddenly went, okay, sorry. Yeah. That, was, was that as loud as I thought it was? Because yeah, I hear yeah, it in my headphones. Kind of, yeah. yeah. It's so it sounds like, you know, the studio. Yeah. yeah, I think there's a raid happening like yeah. next, literally next door. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, Sorry about that. That just that was really off-putting. I could actually generally hear it from my headphones. But, but I won't say too much more on that. I, I, I really appreciate yeah. when Castle Council did come in and talk about why they. Yeah. Why Sorry. I, I, I was gonna. Sorry. I was gonna respond to what you said because um, um, that is such a delicate issue, isn't it? Because because again, it sort of implies like it's stereotyping a homeless person to be somebody who automatically has a problem. Yeah. But what if it's just somebody who's ultimately just lost their home mm-hmm. and just are struggling? You know, like I don't really like this idea of just assuming that they're in, they're on the street. They just must to have buy the next fix, yeah. And I can tell you that if you widen that from just homeless people to people being on the street, mm-hmm. um, when I worked as a social worker mm-hmm. and did some, you know, street, uh, you know, outreach stuff, yeah. um, you you find just mm-hmm. kids who need a chance to, or need something to do. Mm-hmm. So it's not a case of that they're being bad people. 
the, again, it's a stereotype of you're in, you're on the street. You, you people hanging out. You know, we talked about this in terms of like, you know, it wasn't like that 20 years ago when we used to hang out. You mm -hmm. know, you know, hang out as children mm -hmm. and be like, you know, everyone hung out. And now everyone's fearful of like doing anything on the street yeah, now. Yeah. Um, and I think that's part of the problem is that you see people on the streets and you automatically go trouble. They're yeah. doing something they shouldn't be. Um, well, say I've yeah. I've been along to the West End Food Bank in the last few weeks. Yeah, so did you end up doing that through Acorn and yeah. did a bit of volunteering? Yeah, good for you. But when I when you talk to people, you hear their story, and yeah, it it is. They are essentially on their knees because they've had trouble with their landlords, they've not had their universal credit payments come through, which is why they're at the food bank, not just to collect food parcels, which we've seen for the next few days, actually having a hot meal there and then, yeah, yeah. which the food bank brilliantly does, and we've had them on the Pretty show. Nice. We've heard it from them as well. Yes, they're totally. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so we'll move on to Edinburgh Council, and this is the mm -hmm. last uh, of the uh, the four examples. Um, so they have a scheme um, called Invisible Ed Edinburgh, and... Let me ask you what you feel this. So what they're doing is, um, they're giving people, uh, they're giving homeless people a tour guide training. Mm -hmm. So they essentially become tour guides and they become paid for it. So they're actually getting a job there and then. All right. Um, but it also uh, raises concerns about their own plight. So in a way that they're raising the issue of homelessness. <laughs> or they a tour guide like this is where I stayed. Well, <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, but, but you know, Edinburgh's a big touristy hotspot. So naturally they're gonna. I wonder what, I, I, in a way I'm quite intrigued, I'd love to go on one of them guys just to see what what kind of things uh, that the person would, um, what do you make of that? Do you think it's, I, I, I don't know, I mean, is it patronising a bit maybe or is it? Yeah, that's, that's, that's the argument isn't it, yeah, yeah, I was sitting there thinking yeah, maybe it may, is that, is that being a little bit too, <laughs> like literal or something, I don't really know, but um. I mean, but the likes of Crisis and the Big Issue are apparently supportive of it. I mean, I mean, this is like a completely like full circle point. But like, I remember Carl Pilkinson once said in mm -hmm. relation to homeless people, and I thought this was a fantastic idea. Yeah. And Ricky Gervais said that's a really good point. Mm -hmm. He said, "You always see homeless. If you see homeless people who legitimately are homeless and struggling to have clothes and whatnot." Mm -hmm. He says, why don't companies donate oh, yeah. clothes? I remember that one. And then it's free advertising, yeah. and then everybody wins. Yeah. And I'm like, what a fantastic, mm -hmm. what a fantastically simple point. Because mm -hmm. like, um, he was referring to, there was a story apparently of this New York person who was like, because he said, have you ever seen a, a, a homeless Chinese guy? And he said that in yeah. a kind of controversial sense. Yeah. Um, and then some, but like, he did generally meant it though, but this is the beauty of Carl Pilling, he meant it just as a curiosity point of like, I've not seen one. And then somebody did sent sent them in a story to say that they met there was a Chinese uh, like you know short person um, in New York um, and they did a, a a drive like an initiative to get him better clothes because he was living yeah. in New York and he was not getting great clothes and I think like uh, uh, Adidas over there but Adidas mm -hmm. um, um, uh, I think you know uh, provided some clothes for him and then he basically said why isn't like that for everybody like it would be great it's a good idea because it, it shows my that favorite they care about story, people yeah. it, it went viral on the internet a few years ago um i think he this guy was a veteran as well but he but he had issues like with addiction issues but whenever he, he used to wait at um like at traffic lights so he could like go over to people in the cars and vehicles and ask do you have any spare change but he had such a unique voice <laughs> Right, somebody suggested to him, you sound very much like a, a newsreader type, you know, someone who, and now for the news on yeah, yeah, yeah. And he ended up getting a gig on TV Great. because it went viral and this guy became Great. like a... I remember one of my favourite things. We're gonna. I'll tell you what we're gonna do because we never get a chance to do this, knowing that we've not got only had one guest for today. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna just play the ads and play a quick song, and we'll come back and talk more mental health news. Okay. Um, but what I would say on the end of that, like just because we're in, it's in my head, 
Um, one of the best American Idol uh, clips I ever saw, mm-hmm. and I urge people on YouTube to watch it. I think if you type in something on YouTube like Jennifer Lopez crying on American Idol, because like you know, I'm not, I don't, I find her a bit difficult to like, but um, see, like her, her and um, uh, Harvey Connick, uh, Harry Connick Jr. is one of the judges as well, who I really like. I think he's great. And um, they all start like bursting into tears because this homeless guy who'd been donated a guitar okay. about two years before that, mm-hmm. and he comes on and plays like his own song, and he's like unbelievably good. <laughs> he just starts singing, and I'm just like going, I-, I watch these things, you know, like the ones where they go like good first auditions, and I'm going, he, how does he not win? Okay. Like, I mean, like, how do they not win? Like, I you know, thought, you see thought, that and I go... Simon Cowell didn't allow instruments to be on them. On uh, them. Yeah, I don't know. They seem to be a bit more lenient on that, because I remember, yeah, in the English one, yeah, they, didn't, they weren't allowed, yeah. but he seemed to be a bit... But anyway, yeah, he brought on a guitar, and he just started playing this riff, okay. and it was about falling in love with this girl, and it was just like... And they're all, like, completely lose it in terms of crying, yeah. and it's so powerful, like, and it's like... And then he, get, he gets... Was the it guy, like a Susan Boyle moment? Uh, kind of, yeah. but it was obviously not as, like, you know... Not as, like... Shattering as, right. as her. I think the reason that that Susan Boy thing, not that she was a really good singer, and it's obviously the stereotype of what it was when she came on, and also the well, fact that the judges the, ridiculed her. You could hear the yeah. audience laughing. Like, that's that's, that's, on, that's yeah. what I don't like yeah. about her getting that fame because Simon Cowell had sort of afterwards had his approach of I, I'm I helped her, but, mm-hmm. and I'm like going. But if if she didn't have had the talent, you would have just sat there and ridiculed her. It's not like you exactly. went. It's not you went, shut up everybody, let's, let's, uh, oh, yeah. let's see if she's good. You just ridiculed her. So she happens to be good. If you don't have, have and, a certain yeah. talent, does that mean you, society gets to mock you? And, and, you know, not That's like going, not, to, so, not if you listen to, you, yeah. so if you listen to a song on the radio and it happens to be somebody who's not that attractive, does yeah. that really make them, does that make you not want the, like the song? Yeah. Like that's, and I, I don't really understand that argument. I really don't. No, like, do I? No. Um, you know, um, I remember, like, like, do you remember, like, I mean, I, I mean this with ultimate respect, because I don't, you know, as I said, I don't understand this argument, but I remember people making that point about Tracy Chapman, because everyone was, like, not sure whether, like, you know, because her voice is, like, really weird, that people didn't know, have I got that right? Yeah, like, I'm pretty certain that, like, it was basically just because of the fast, fast cars, wasn't it, with Tracy Chapman? The fast cars, you know, they move in the fast car, which is a fantastic song. Was she ridiculed back in the day? Yeah, right, because it's because there was such a weird voice that people used to say that, like, you know, it was not quite sure where had like a quite a manly persona to her. And I actually remember when I watched when I was really young and first heard that song, I thought a guy had sung it. I didn't realise it was a girl. Mm-hmm. Um, but then my, my point is, when I did, I didn't go, oh, I'm not listening to it now, I've been cheated. Yeah. Um, I'm like, no, I was just like, well, whatever, Like, it doesn't matter, I'm still going to like the song, the song's mm-hmm. great, mm-hmm. so it's a classic. Um, very weird the way some people marginalise people, it doesn't make any yeah. sense. Anyway, on that note, um, we're going to take a quick break here on Mentally Sound, uh, right here on Spice FM, uh, we're going to play some ads uh, a little bit, because um, we do every so often, and then we'll be back just to kind of sum up mental health news and sum up today's show. Yeah. Um, so we're going to play um, Charts of Fire by um, the Vangelids. Oh, um, that was on over Christmas. Uh, I, yes, yeah. so I was thinking it was kind of a good segue, yeah. uh, last sort of Christmassy related stuff <laughs> before we move on to the new year. Um, so yeah, we'll play some ads and we'll be back uh, right on Mentally Sound after this. Sick of the same old radio sound? <sighs> then you need Vibrant Radio. Spice up your life. Spice FM, 98.8 FM. Welcome to your community announcement answer machine. 
your only Bollywood station in Newcastle. Spice FM 98.8 FM. Same old radio sound. <sighs> then you need vibrant radio. Spice up your life. Spice FM, 98.8 FM. Gonna make this the night to remember.
I love that song. Um, I remember Bill Bailey once on a quiz said that someone hated that. I can't remember what panel show it was on. I want back everybody, by the way. But uh, but like yeah, so so the the Bill Bailey was on a panel show saying that someone he didn't like that song and he started singing it and everyone. Oh, I think it was um, QI because I think Stephen Fry said he didn't like it and Bill Bailey started going, "Gonna make this tonight to remember." <laughs> and uh, I just uh, I saw I saw it on here and I got, I got quite excited because I'm like, I do actually like that song. Anyway, so uh, welcome back to Mentally Sound. As we said, huge thank you to, uh, obviously, Susan Taylor, who's been on as our guest, and obviously we've been talking mental health news, so we're going to continue that. And obviously we were just catching up, I was just catching up with Ricky, and we've been having like some nice discussions during the breaks. And, uh, yeah, so we were in the process of talking about the homeless uh, headlines, uh, about, like, you know, how the, how people, different cities deal with it. So that we, we finished, pretty much would finish yeah, that, yeah? Right, yeah? So, yeah, so we're moving on to another one. Um, yeah, well, we, we touched upon this before, um, gaming. Um, the World Health Organization uh, has now said that they recognise gaming, gaming addiction oh, yeah, you, yeah. as a <laughs> con- confirmed mental health condition. Uh, I don't have much and to say. I, and I I gonna, I'm to just going to say, say the, the floor is yours, Steve, and the floor is yours. <laughs> well, I don't know much about this subject. Um, <laughs> I guess I can wing it. <laughs> but yeah. Um, it does have a shirt where a nerd on the Yeah, I have nerd rage, rage yeah, yeah, which is a famous, well, uh, uh, quite a quite a, um, a fun t-shirt coming yeah oh have you really oh yes you just have yeah um, yeah Nerd Rage is a really cool thing and it's uh, the Rage is uh, from Streets of Rage uh, which is a great Mega Drive game um, anywho um, yeah so the really oh, it was good. a birthday gift wasn't it uh, yes. well, you get, yeah. Uh, yeah 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 it was uh, my I said my mum gave me a certain amount of money and said get what you wanted so I've always wanted well, a Nerd Rage yeah I've always wanted a Nerd Rage t-shirt so um, I, I got it I got some other t-shirts but the comp- the, t- the website I was on um, I worked out that I could get I could save money um, on the delivery if I got another t-shirt mm-hmm. it's complicated but I'm not going to because it's boring but mm-hmm. but yeah so um, I saw that they did Nerd Ridge stuff and I got very very excited um, so I went yes I must have that <laughs> so anyway so um, yeah so, so yes um, this is interesting because you wouldn't be surprised to hear I'm obviously joking because I'm a huge gamer that's the joke about like you know the floor being mine because I, I play games a lot so, um, you wouldn't be surprised to hear that I had a friend of mine direct message me on Twitter, who, like one of my close friends, going, have you heard this? And my go-to joke was, can you not disrupt me? I'm trying to play a game. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, and she went, that's funny, but what, I'm kind of curious what you think. And I went, well, again, it goes back to what we were talking about, like alcohol in the first hour of the show. Yeah. Is it's very very easy because this is what mainstream media does. Is they take anything that like they don't do. So if it's a reporter who doesn't play games, they go, mm-hmm. "Well, it must be bad." So I'm going to say that video games make violence. I'm going to say video games is uh, things you shouldn't do. And just like we said about alcohol, like you know, alcohol in moderation is fine, just like video games are. Um, and so if it's something you want to do as long as it doesn't like because what I got annoyed by I clicked on the article my friend showed me mm-hmm. and this is a classic example of where mainstream media are cruel to things they don't get so I, you read this and go it's clearly a person who does not play games and they're just dismissing it as a as a as an art form uh, you know that's what I think gaming get very very much penalised for because mm-hmm. some of the best experience I've ever had has been playing games mm-hmm. so you know um, it, it's a fun entertaining thing and it can influence you it's like Bill Hicks used to yeah. say 
some of the best times I had when I, on drugs and alcohol, even though I've given it up, were, were brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Exactly yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's just not. It's not. But it's not. Um, again, it's every. Like I said, it's everything in moderation. Okay. And this article that I read, it was on Yahoo. Um, so I don't know whether it was just them like redoing it, like wherever this article came from. Mm-hmm. But I got more and more angry as I read it because it was just very much like, like sort of like the angle of see it proof. Video games are bad, and uh, you should never use them, and you should never play them, and uh, they're evil. And then they said towards the end, I guess legally, so they don't get sued, is they then went, uh, well, actually, the um, international was it international health so world council world health, world health council, yeah. yeah, they they actually said they showed they printed the definition, okay. and it is excessive video gaming to the point of where you don't do regular stuff in life or something. It's like that level of of addiction. And I'm going, you can, like, I read that and going, so why aren't somebody reading that and going, you can apply that to any addiction you want to, just replace video games, and it's, that's, that's the, so it's a disorder, because you've got a problem with it. It's not the thing you do, it's the fact that you do too much of it, to the point of, you don't sleep, you don't eat. It's like, it's like, it's like taking the example, I remember, like, when people used to do, um, like criticize like World of Warcraft for example which is a very famous online game because there would be stories going around like there was one particular example where some parents got so addicted to it that they left their child for like 36 hours and the child Mm -hmm. like died or got like really severely ill Mm -hmm. and you read that and go that's awful but then why isn't every other parent that ever plays it doing the same thing it's because these people have a problem and you know, it's not the game. Like you it's can't just like use an isolated case. Yeah, yes. You can't fraternity that way. Like, because you can't then, because yeah. because I look at that and go, like I was saying about substitute video and game, video games. Where do you stop cutting things mm-hmm. for people who just make bad decisions or or have a problem? Where do you cut? Where do you make the cutoff point? Mm-hmm. So do we get rid of prescription drugs because someone might be addicted to painkillers? Yeah. Or on the basis one person took an overdose. So yes. Yeah, yeah. So does that mean we can't give medication? Like, you know, uh, yeah, someone accidentally took a medication too much too much or something, so we take it off the shelves to people who can take it regularly. Like, it, it's like, where does it end? Like, it, it, it's got to be down to, you know, uh, and I know that we talk about this all the time on this show. I'm very reluctant to say because I don't think it's as, like, um, sledgehammery as people do when they go, you need to be responsible for what your own actions. Mm-hmm. Because the problem with that in a mental health sense is that might not be possible in some of the times with how you feel. So that's an important thing to say. I get very frustrated when some people say that and kind of flippantly and go, well, just, you need to be better. You need to be more responsible. You need to do this because yeah. you might not be able to. It's all about capability. Mm-hmm. So I've been trying to explain to my family about my mom currently because my mom's not doing very well. Mm-hmm. And I go, you've got to remember it's her capability because like, the people are getting frustrated going, why can't you understand this? Mm-hmm. I went, she can, just not right now. Yeah. I, you know, and that, that's, it's, it's, I keep stressing to them, it's like capability, 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 because if you explain to somebody who's depressed something, and they tell them when they're not depressed, you'll see the, you'll see the evidence of the difference, um, and that's, like, frighteningly how people just don't understand that, but then you understand it on the sense of, like, you know, because my sister's, like, unbelievably great at this and supportive, but she, like, she regularly says, I just don't get this. Uh, in relation to because I've not experienced it and it's like I just don't get the confusion Mm -hmm. because how can you go from someone who's relatively like you know because my mom all aside of being 72 and having Parkinson's and stuff was has a relative is relatively healthy Mm -hmm. 
which is like a freak of nature. Which so obviously you know sort of you know as I'm sure she'll approve me saying this word, but like blessed in that regard. Mm-hmm. But like um now that she has you know essentially you know having a grievancey depressiony type thing mm-hmm. is that she's just got very confused and all the stuff that she regularly did like three four months ago she's struggling to do mm-hmm. and I mean, does that not reinforce that she has a condition because yeah. and 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 that's the problem is that people just want it to be if only if i did this then it solved the problem and i'm like that's not that so again to go back to the video game thing it's like so they think the quick fix is to just ban video games and say no one's allowed to play them and i but what if people what if what if what if you had the yes exactly again you can do that with so many examples it's just it's picking on video games you know because like why why doesn't america make the why don't they under the same criteria ban violent films because they seem to want to say that it very very little media talk about the fact that like you know the gun violence happens in america all the time and yet no one goes well we'll just have to get rid of all we can let's stop making die hard yeah yeah well yeah it, so 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 it's all about that that's where so anyway so the, so the whole reason i'm going on this like sort of mini rant is to say um that is where i understand people's argument for saying you have to be in a you have to at some point be responsible for what illness you have and not uh, let it in, like you know, let it interfere to the point of that you be neglectful, like in the example, yeah. and don't blame the thing that you know. I don't like it's like smoking. It's like I don't have a problem if someone decides to smoke because I'm a liberal in that sense. It's like they make their own decisions. Mm-hmm. I just know that I shouldn't, mm-hmm. so I don't, yeah. and I've worked very very hard to not do that. So I'm saying if something's a problem, you and you need to be, not, and you're better off without it. Don't do it. But I would never say to somebody, so don't play video it's games because they're wrong. Like, you know. merit, don't you really? mm. it's and it's like, I don't have a problem with people don't play video games who just don't tell me I can't do it. Um, so I'd say it's like, it's a underst- it's, I'm no problem with them having the disorder in the thing either. And I'm sure people who are video gamers will say the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, it's good that it's a recognized disorder because it is a thing. Yeah. But um, but no, to say that everybody who does video games does that is a little absurd. Um, anyway, that's okay. what I think. Uh, <laughs> So there's three stories left, so I want to run through them quickly because I think... Yeah, we've got very, five minutes left, so yeah, if you can be quick. Uh, Golden Globes happened uh, recently. Yes. Uh, um, the best um, actor put in a TV drama went to uh, uh, an actor called Sterling, Sterling K. Brown. I think I've got that right. And he, uh, he's, uh, he's, he played a character called Randall Pearson in This Is Us. Have you heard of This Is Us? Don't think I've so. heard of it a few times. I've never actually seen it, but... Um, Apparently his character goes through multiple episodes of uh, anxiety attacks and panic attacks in, in, in multiple episodes. Okay. So he got, so I thought, yeah, that's pretty wowsy. Um, it got me to thinking, do, where very quickly, can you think of any actors who won awards where they've, where they've portrayed as, you know, a character's having mental health conditions? I'm sure if I uh, did a quick Google, I can find out loads, but it immediately came to mind, like... Uh, Christopher Walken in Deer in Deer Hunter, yes. PTSD. You've got um, Dustin Hoffman, Rain Man. Uh, Rain Man, that was what I was thinking. Did he win anything for that? I think he won. Think an he Oscar. Did he win an Oscar? Yeah. yeah. And uh, the the actress from EastEnders who portrayed as having uh, postpartum psychosis recently. Okay. Um, can you think any of off your head? But hmm. uh, I think it's such a rare. Well, did Forrest was Forrest Gump? Uh, did he oh, have? A, did he have? Did he have anything? Yeah. I'm not sure they came up with a diagnosis in that film necessarily. Oh yeah. Just had him down as special, didn't they? And I know that's yeah. a generic way of... Yeah, yeah, it. but I know what you mean. Yeah. But, uh, 
like, you, like um, unique. Yeah. But the next story, um, you might have heard. This interesting thing. But just quickly on the Golden Globes because uh, I got sent this as a really good meme because uh, I went to see over the Christmas period probably more films than I've seen in quite some time. Mm-hmm. Like, I went to see Star Wars, which I think we talked about. In yeah. the, talked about the last one. Um, or at least I said I was going to see it. Maybe. Um, yeah, because I saw it on Boxing Day, and uh, I went to see Jumanji, okay. which I really liked. I was quite shocked because I was like going, I'm not, I'm not one of these people who like gets really, really upset that they make a remake and then go and see it. <laughs> I go, comedy is a remake. Like, well, it's not a remake. It's a conti- another. Yeah, another thing. They changed Jumanji in that from a board game to a video game. And even though I approve of video games, I'm like going, I like board games too. And I'm going, that, like, because they, they had a sentence at the thing that annoyed some board game geeks because they went, um, there was a line going, board games are just, you know, who plays board games? And I'm like sitting there going, I did do. They, did they I do. Also in tribute <laughs> yeah. to Robin Williams in a way. Like um, there is a, there is a, with, it's not relevant to the thing, so I'll say spoiler alert for people who don't want to know. But um, there is a sort of um, homage to him. Okay. Um, it's not that obvious, yeah. but if you see the first one, okay. there's a scene where it's kind of a, a, a tribute to him mm-hmm. um, in, a, in a sort of like trivia sense if you know the first one. Um, so I quite liked that they did it because it wasn't like a sort of and now we're going to do a tribute to Robin Williams. It was like the, it was just a tribute to the last film basically. Um, so I thought that was cool. Um, but anyway, so anyway, I was thinking uh, I want to see The Greatest Showman with Hugh Jackman and he got oh, nominated in the Golden Globes okay. and the reason I'm saying is if you can find the meme Did it's he hilarious pull the, he pulled, he pulled the face, the face like he pulled the face of like disappointment that he'd lost because I think it was the, there's a musical um, Golden Globe I'm assuming like best musical best yeah. actor or something right. and he lost to somebody else and there's just a, there's a meme of him going which is <laughs> really like pissed and I'm like I like that again that's honesty like he kind of did all this thing of well done, well done. And inside you're going, God damn it! <laughs> well, I lost again. Uh, but um, I I went there not being a huge fan of musicals and just my quick segue was going to say Greatest Showman is great. Okay. And uh, I mean, I like the... I like the subject matter because it's uh, P.T. Bynum, uh, okay. you know, the famous mu- mu- magician mm-hmm. showman. So, you know, but it's good. Good, mu- good musical. Okay, um, a guy, I don't know if you heard of this guy, Logan Paul. He's a sort of YouTube blogger kind of video, one of these. Sort of I blogs. did, yeah. Oh, I know what you're going to say. Yeah, yeah. He went to Japan, a particular place called, I hope I pronounced this uh, correctly, Agiokagara Forest, yep. which is at the base of Mount Fuji. And I've seen documentaries about this place. It's a notorious suicide spot. Yes. Um, and I've seen documentaries before where people go in, 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 in with the idea the, to help people and prevent them from committing suicide. But he went there on a total sensationalist kind of uh, way in which he want, he, he, they found like a dead body and, and they were sort of uh, sensationalizing it in a very tacky way. People who've experienced suicide in the family have kind of hit back at him saying, you know, this was like extremely poor taste. And uh, you uh, have actually kind of... They've, they've got rid of him. Yeah. yeah, they've stopped his money. Yeah, I saw the clip. I thought it was incredibly insensitive. Yeah. Um, and for someone who's quite like sort of, I, I'm, I would like to think I'm quite liberal in terms of comedy, yeah. but I just think there's ways of doing it. Um, and it's about how you do something, not what you say. And I just think that came across as just incredibly like a like a very lazy way of making a joke. Yeah. Um, about a serious subject matter. Um. If you think about it and do a clever way of talking about a clever, uh, a difficult subject, which mm-hmm. I think some really, really good bands, like uh, really good uh, bands, ba- uh, comedians or bands do it too, I guess, because of um, you know, lyrics and whatnot. But I'm saying, like, if you if you do it with um, class, I guess, and a little bit like hum- a bit of humble and 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 
know what you're talking, knowing that what you're talking about is sensitive, then I think you can say pretty much what you want. Mm. But if you say it in a kind of I'm going for a cheap gag, that's what it felt like to me when I was watching yeah. it. I'm going, it feels like a cheap gag. Well, I'm not seeing it, and, um, and I don't wish. To and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I, I probably would say, and I don't normally say this very often, but I kind of when I heard about it went good for YouTube because usually YouTube are yeah. quite like quite internet people kind of just they kind of take a back seat and go well you know internet's like thingy but I mean you know maybe, maybe they, quickly, maybe they deserve it yeah go on do I have sec- yeah, enough, 30 yeah. seconds yeah. okay very quickly uh, this is my favourite story I wanted to say this last month actually mm-hmm. but if I said the words to you uh, agoraphobia and travel photographer to you <laughs> would you would you think they're they're two words that go in the same sentence? <laughs> yes, that's, uh, I have a business on that. I don't know how you found out. Uh, <laughs> got, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because obviously, you know, you've got agoraphobia. Yeah. You leave the house, but this yeah. uh, this is brilliant. Uh, a last by the name of Jackie Kelly, um, who has severe agoraphobia. Okay. She's quite a renowned travel photographer now because what she does is very clever. She goes on Google Street View. All right. I was thinking you were going to say that. She does screen grabs. Ah. And then she kind of polishes it and like makes them as fresh images. That's pretty and cool. And Google said, fine, you know, no copyright issues or anything. They've, they've allowed her free free will to do this. And she's huge on Instagram for producing these amazing uh, 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 images. And she sells prints as well. So That's cool. Uh, and she, she donates their profits to the Brain and Behaviour Research Foundation. Even so better. So, better. where there's a will, there's a way. That's I, I pretty, that cool. That's pretty uh, cool. Yeah, she never leaves the house, yet she... She does this extraordinary... It's a travel document. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty great. Yeah. I mean, for, yeah, if you are somebody who struggles to go, that's a good way around it, I guess, yeah. The advantage of the internet, yeah. Uh, cool. Right, we need to go because we're a little bit past there too, but obviously, luckily, we're recording this whole thing and we're not on the automated response thing. But anyway, we need to go because obviously uh, we need to play some ads in the benefit of uh, Spice, obviously. Uh, a huge thank you to Spice. Thank you to them again, by the way, for letting us do a third hour at Chris- over Christmas. Yeah. That was really nice of them. And, uh, oh, yeah, and we never had a chance to say, and I guess a good way of ending. Huge thank you for the amount of people that downloaded the last one that broke the server. That was incredibly nice of them. We've um, talking thousands upon thousands. Yeah, so, I've no- so yeah, we need to obviously talk to Alistair and stuff behind the scenes about maybe increasing our bandwidth. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, that happened within about two or three days of us. Uh, releasing it on, as a podcast, so I don't think um, we give enough thanks to listeners properly. On yeah, show. exactly. And yeah, we really want to really yeah. reach out to you, listeners. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. We couldn't do it without you. So yeah, and so yeah, if you uh, and and also the reason I said that from a practical sense is if you did have trouble downloading it, but towards the end of December, that would be why. So if you listen to this live. Um, or you listen to this you one. You go on our social yeah. media today to listen uh, to Yes. Story, yeah. So um, yeah. So we apologised about that, and uh, but we are looking into it. So it's mm-hmm. important we said that in this show. Um, so thanks very much, guys. Uh, thank you so much for listening to Mentally Sound. Uh, obviously, as I said, guess because it makes sense. Happy New Year. I hope everybody enjoys 2018, and we hope this is our first full year on Spice. Uh, obviously, if Spice, you know, I'm assuming they're going to be around for this year. So um, we're really excited to see what the future will hold. Yeah, and, and if you want to contact us, obviously you can through the tweets. So it's at vividricky at geek underscore apocalypse at underscore mentally sound for our show. Um, or you can like you know check each uh, or launchpad. You can go to Alistair and talk to him through that. Mental Health Northeast. Yes. Um, so yeah if you talk to any of them or are interested in being involved in the show or got something you want us to pitch or something for us to mention in terms of events and stuff please do get in contact with us because we're always willing to do that um, you know and obviously Rick you can even mention it in mental health news if you can't come talk about it uh, but that pretty much covers it so thanks very much as, we, as Ricky quite rightly said thank you everyone for listening and uh, we'll um, 
we'll finish on a very very uh, appropriately titled relaxing time of sit down by James which is a great song um, I played that before but I love James as the band and yeah so uh, we encourage you to sit down and relax for the rest of the day <laughs> and uh, thank you very much for listening guys and we'll see you in February uh, take care guys bye Sit down.